discussion on quality inspiring quality in our clubs. I have the pleasure of introducing our moderator, Carol Ashton. She has worked very hard to put this together and she has accomplished an incredible amount this year on her own personal journey. She's VC level five, CC, CLB. She's accomplished all that this year, plus put our club at the top of our district for educational awards. So help me or I gladly introduce Carol Ashton. Thank you, Margaret. Welcome everybody to this panel discussion and a great keynote speech tonight. Club quality. Members join Toastmasters to become more effective communicators and leaders. They stay in Toastmasters because the club provides a valuable service and meets their own individual needs. A quality club environment is the single most important factor in membership retention. Tonight, we will find out resources on how we can bring back quality at our club level. I would love to welcome Melissa Matiko, our first keynote speech and only keynote speech tonight. Melissa is our life-saving coach. She's gonna bring her experience and her Toastmaster experience into a great discussion. Please welcome Melissa Matiko. Thank you so much, Carol. Good evening, everyone. I'm just going to get my PowerPoint to come up here. There we go. So a tip that I was introduced to earlier is you can have a screen share. So you can have my PowerPoint on half and you can see me on the other half if you just adjust your settings. Achieve more by doing less. Do you believe that you can achieve more by doing less? Honestly, if you had asked me this question a decade ago, my answer would have been absolutely not. You see, I firmly believed that in order to achieve, you had to work long and hard. Over the past 10 years, I've been on this journey of discovery. I've been working with other people and working on myself, and my answer is very different now. And there is one thing that seems to be at the center of being able to achieve more by doing less. Can you imagine what that might be? The answer is quality. This evening, I'm going to share with you my three revelations that helped me to discover how essential quality is in our lives, not only in Toastmasters, but outside of Toastmasters as well. My first revelation, to achieve, we must let go of busyness as a badge of honor. I'm not sure if you're anything like me, but when people ask me how I'm doing, my answer is usually busy. And I get this half smirk on my face that comes across as though I'm really proud of myself for having been able to do all of the things. 
I've also learned over the last little bit that doing all of the things is not really effective. It's almost as though you're the hamster on the wheel that is running and running and running for all of your life. And yet you don't really go anywhere. You're expending all of that energy. And yet you don't really have anything major to show for it. You feel as though you're working every single day, but over the course of time, you're not really seeing the changes that you want to see. A really big aha moment for me in the context of busyness was when I read the book, The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, in this book, Coyle went and visited different areas that had been identified as talent hotspots. It was anything from musicians to tennis players. And the thing that they all had in common was that consistently produced quality people in the areas that they focused on. It was really interesting to me that there was one major thing that seemed to come out of all of these different areas. One of the quotes that jumped out at me from the book was the sweet spot, that productive, uncomfortable terrain located just beyond our current abilities, where our reach exceeds our grasp. Deep practice is not simply about struggling. It's about seeking a particular struggle, which involves a cycle of distinct actions. This gave me so much clarity. And when I looked back as my time as a life-saving sport coach, I realized that we utilized this and I didn't even know what we were doing. Deep practice is taking and breaking down the thing that you need to work on the most and focusing on it. It's not about struggling through the entire race every single day to practice. It's breaking it down and practicing with intention the specific areas. It's seeking that particular struggle. It's the same when we talk about bringing quality to our clubs and quality to our lives. It's not about picking every single struggle it's about picking a particular struggle and working at it until we can be successful and become quality. My revelation number two, to be surrounded by excellence, we must demonstrate excellence. I'm reminded of two 13 year old boys when I think of excellence. At the time, I was coaching the most elite of our youth athletes. They were between the ages of 15 and 19, and to even qualify for the squad, you had to be 14 years old. We had these two 13-year-old boys who were well above anyone else that they were swimming with in their squad, and we decided to take a chance on them, to invite them to join this elite group. Just to give you a little bit more context, this elite group included three athletes who had been named to Team Canada for life-saving sport. 
these were some of the best in Canada. And it was a tremendous opportunity for these 13 year olds to get to swim with them on a daily basis and train with this level of athlete. The interesting thing to me was the exponential growth that I witnessed in these young swimmers from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Because we had taken them outside of the comfort zone and surrounded them by, with excellence, they grew so much more than they would have if they had been the best where they were. Perhaps, and you're going, I can't think of anyone who I really feel like demonstrates excellence in my club or in my life. I have good news for you. The only person that you can control is yourself. If you can't think of anyone else who demonstrates excellence around you that you can rise to, it's time for you to step up and be the person to demonstrate that excellence. Hold yourself to a new level of accountability. Be the person that other people will be inspired by. Be the person that by merely existing and demonstrating excellence and quality yourself, others rise to join you. Horst Schultz, the founder of Ritz-Carlton Hotels, I feel just describes this beautifully. He says, I won't settle for less than the vision. No excuses allowed, either from myself or those who work with me. There are a couple things that jump out at me in this quote. He will not settle for less than the vision. This is the vision that he has created, the vision that he has in his mind of what his company and hotels would be. The second thing that jumps out at me in this quote is that he doesn't put those who work with him first. The first part of it is no excuses are allowed from himself. He holds himself to the standard of excellence, to the standard of quality, and by standing for that standard, those around him have risen to that as well. Let's get to the third revelation. To be truly seen, we must be willing to be seen. I remember shortly after my husband and I got married, we were talking one night and I confided in him that I didn't feel like I had any real friends. That would be the point where he looked at me as though I had grown another head. He couldn't believe that I would feel like I didn't have friends when off the top of his head, he could list many people that I had friendships with. After a few years of work, I started to realize that it wasn't that others classed me as a, didn't class me as a friend. I started to realize that it was the wall that I had put up. You see, because I had been through some things in my past, I had put up a wall that people could come only that close to me. 
I wouldn't share any information outside of that. And I wouldn't let them in beyond that wall. Through much research and much learning, I decided to test it. I decided to see what would happen in my relationships if I was actually willing to share what I was struggling with, to share what I was thinking about, to share what I was feeling. Rather than providing what I perceived as the right answer when people asked me questions and when I was visiting with my friends, I decided that I wanted to be more authentic to share more vulnerability. This vulnerability journey was mostly inspired by Brene Brown, and I believe that she captures vulnerability tremendously. She says, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It is having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It is our greatest measure of courage. It makes me think of every time I had a swimmer get up on the blocks. That moment right before the race began, we had no control over the income, the outcome. We had done the work, we had put in the time Things were going to go great, and sometimes things didn't go great. The fact that we were willing to show up for the races and take that chance, even though in that moment we had very little over the outcome, was such a measure of courage. How does that apply to your Toastmasters? Have you created a space in your club where people feel as though they can share what they're really struggling with? What their big, scary goals are that they have darely, dare, narrowly even dared to dream? Are you creating a space where they can share their stories without judgment? Are you creating a space where quality can come because people are willing to be vulnerable. They're willing to share what they're really going through. That vulnerability, Brene Brown refers to as the birthplace of joy. If you want quality in your club, vulnerability is absolutely essential. If you don't have it yet, just like excellence, it's time that it needs to start with you. So what did all of these revelations come down to? All of these revelations led me to one word, quality. I want quality in my life. I want quality in my relationships. I want quality in my actions. I want quality in the things that I put out to the world. I want to be someone who is known for quality and excellence. I want to be a part of entities that are known for quality. 
We're surrounded in a world where people can do just enough to get by. I want to be quality. I want to be the essence of what people think of when they think of excellence and they think of quality. I want to encourage you to dream the same for your Toastmasters Club. Let's revisit our three revelations. How do we achieve this quality? Number one, we let go of busyness as a badge of honor. Number two, we demonstrate excellence. And number three, we must be willing to be seen. If you can truly adopt these three actions into your life and your Toastmasters Club, you will have quality over quantity. Back to you, Carol. Thank you, Melissa. Wonderful thought to leave us with. As we just take a few moments, as our panelists are just coming back online. Excellent. Wonderful. Welcome back, our panelists. I would like to give a warm welcome to our first panelist, Carol Blair, past international director and DTM. She is from District 99. Our second panelist, Nadia Diltz. She is a DTM and a puppet relations manager from District 115. Marianne Grady, competent communicator, advanced leader, bronze, public relations manager from District 38. Abhijit Joshi, from uh, vice Pre president of education from District 101. And our final panelist is Miha. Hannah, a DTM Administration Manager of District 37. Welcome everybody. Tonight's topic, how do we inspire quality in our clubs? I'm going to give everybody a couple of minutes to just let's begin our conversation. Carol, I'd like to start with you. Thank you, Madam Moderator, fellow panelists, fellow Toastmasters, and guests who have joined this evening. I'm going to give you what my take on quality is. And it's rolled into an expression that I've used, and it can apply to many aspects in life. But generally, I believe if you don't commit to quality in everything you do in Toastmasters, You'll never become everything Toastmasters can help you become, nor can we help others become all that they can become. So it's about realizing your potential and helping others to realize theirs. So my focus tonight or areas I'm interested in exploring is what are those human traits that deliver on quality 
there are three that stand out for me and one of them is commitment and I don't mean a superficial commitment I mean a deep commitment where we're deeply committed to learning to growth to changing our club environments making sure they continue to be dynamic and enthusiastic for people to learn the second trait I believe is hard work and being tough-minded on standards now that sounds really kind of rigid perhaps but I believe we have to know and understand what are the standards of excellence and we have to demonstrate those in everything we do because that's how people learn what kinds of behaviors are expected and the third one is we need to be kind and courteous with each other as we're learning we need to be encouraging to people with their strengths we need to give very responsible and meaningful feedback to help people grow. There's an expression I'll use, or a quote actually, by Steve Prefontaine who says, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. And that's what I want to avoid in Toastmasters by focusing on quality. Madam Moderator. Thank you, Carol. Next. I'd love to hear from Nadia. Hi, Carol. How are you? And how are you to all of the attendees tonight? Thank you for having me. I like to focus on why we walk through those doors the first time. And I always encourage people, never forget why, why you're here. What did you intend to accomplish? And I try to make sure that I am always achieving those goals. Every time I go to a meeting, I try to take something away from one of the speeches. I try to take something away from the evaluation. And I am always trying to make sure that I am growing and moving forward in my own personal journey. And it's amazing when you start talking to people in and out of your club, you don't realize who you inspire by just letting your light shine and walking your walk. So I always encourage people have fun because that's first and foremost. If it's not fun, you're not going to do it. Learn, make sure you know what you're wanting to achieve and continue working to that. And I encourage everyone to hold each other accountable. If you're a club board member, you should know why every member is there, what their goal is and check in on them. Make sure that they are achieving it. And if not, what can you do to help? And you as the member that is there seeking the help and seeking the growth, make sure that you're vocal about what you need, what you'd like to see. And always make sure that you are remembering why you walk through that door. Take advantage of the communication opportunities every single time. Don't be disgruntled when you get called for a table topics and you weren't feeling it that night. <laughs> you know, take advantage of every opportunity to step on a stage and every opportunity to take something away from an evaluation and always put in on your growth, which is why we're all here. Thank you, Nadia. Nihal? Hello and good evening everyone and good evening Carol. Thank you for having me here today. I strongly believe in a couple of things and I personally even follow them. First one is leading with the example. That is anything that I expect people to do or expect my members to do, I would first of all doing it to them or with them or for them just to make sure that they know that I not only preach but I practice and I also strongly believe in it. In addition, the second point that I practice and I would like to make sure that all of my members 
are also experiencing that is authenticity. I like to be authentic. I strongly believe and promote authenticity. And I also believe that being yourself and being comfortable with yourself can bring a lot more confidence and can bring a lot more of you for people and with people that can help you go f further and achieve your goals. And lastly, being vulnerable. I also believe and I, I practice uh, rigorously to be vulnerable. Just like Melissa mentioned, I used to be a very private person, meaning that I used to be described by people as a person having a wall around me, like an imaginary transparent wall. And I would not let anyone in because of my experiences or because of anything similar that life had uh, shown me or made me experience. But as I grew older and older, and here I am 95 years old today, I did realize that being vulnerable is the best thing that you can do to yourself and it's the best gift that you can give it to the person who you're interacting or working with. That's all I have to say for today. Thank you. Thank you, Nihal. Abhijit? Yes. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, fellow panelists, and hello, Toastmasters. I have three things for us. I think the first thing is very similar to what Nihal said and what Melissa said. Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. So it matters what I bring to the table. If I am giving my best, then it inspires others to give their best. The second thing, the camaraderie and connection in the club. If we have that connection and camaraderie, it really helps to have that support and it helps us to take that next step. The third thing, the chance to learn from the best. If we have access to people who can help us to take that next step, maybe as a coach, maybe as a mentor, that can really help not only ourselves, but also the club. So those are the three things which I wanted to share today. Thank you, Madam Kelly. Thank you, Abhijit. Marianne? Uh, thank you, Carol, and uh, good evening, fellow Toastmasters. I think that um, Ralph Smedley at one point said, we learn best in moments of enjoyment. And creating a culture and club atmosphere that contributes to that enjoyment so people want to uh, come back and learn more. I believe this starts when a member walks through the door and you ask them why are you here and you as the leaders of the club have to understand what they want from you uh, and then you have to deliver and that's through mentorship through good training through good uh, leadership in your club a lot of times I've noticed there are clubs that have leaders who are checking a box, like they have to fill a role to get the next thing they want. And we really have to have people who are actually dedicated and really care about the quality of the club. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to be in a club for 10 years that has been full of people like that. Uh, another thing I do think that we need to 
as Toastmasters in general think about, uh, and this came to my mind uh, a couple years ago, as a human resource professional, I was doing a lot of research on generational differences in the workplace. And I really thought it carried over to the Toastmaster atmosphere as well, because the things that Toastmaster was designed around years ago might not be always applicable today. So understanding what our younger members want and need is important so that we are meeting the needs of all of our members, not just the people who are in the top tier who signed up for what we, you know, the manual kind of program. So Pathways is a great first step in that and they have things that transfer well into the business world. But uh, I think we have a lot of things to start with and we just have to kind of take them to that next level. Thank you. Thank you. Marianne, as clubs, great advice in learning more about the people who are coming into the club and finding out what their goal is. Maybe more assessment tools. I'm not quite too sure. What one thing that you feel is lacking that we can actually add to improve the quality? That could be whether it's more somebody greeting them. Maybe it could be another form that they need to fill out for questionnaire. Is there something that just jumps right up the forefront? Marianne? Uh, a few years back, we decided to keep two greeters at the door because Let's face it, we all know how hard it is to walk through that door for the first time. And so we greet people. We actually give them a neon colored badge so that everyone knows they are a visitor and needs special attention from everyone. And we believe that it's everyone's job to make them feel welcome. Yeah. So we seat them with a member who helps them go over the agenda and understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we follow up at the end of the night. But it's been it's worked well, and we are converting a, a lot of the people who walk through the door. Abhijit? We had one new member walk in the door. He was afraid of speaking in front of the people. And he would become so nervous that he would start stuttering. So just talking to him and staying with him really helped to boost his confidence. And the second thing, what we did was, I sat in front of him when he was giving the speech. And I told him, just look at me while giving the speech. So that really helped him to boost his confidence, just having that connection. And he was so grateful for that opportunity. That really makes a difference in people's life if we can have that kind of a connection. Wonderful, Miha. Carol, that's a great question. I would relate it more with my personal experience that I had and how I was able to help somebody overcome that. I believe in creating a safe space for that person or for that new member or for that person who's struggling. How do I know that, that it works? Because I had seen that happen for me. I came to this country in 2013, not knowing English at all. I could not read, write, or speak English. I learned English in 2013 in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
went to the university, got graduated, uh, graduated with 4.0, and then moved on. And that's when I joined Toastmasters in 2017, late 2016, 2017. And it was my very first speech. Now, it was not only just a first speech, but it was a very first speech in front of 20 people in the club who I didn't know of. And more importantly, that speech was in English. English is my fifth language. So even when I speak now, at times I end up translating from a couple of languages to English and also make sure in the same amount of time that my sentence structure is not jeopardized so that nobody knows that I know English for five years. So when I, it was my first speech and when I was very nervous entering the door and it was my first speech, I'm getting ready. You can see that on my face, I was totally pale and my eyes were like popped out like somebody's almost gonna ask me to die or leave the room or leave the job, Some, something on the similar lines. That time, uh, director of the company, uh, it was a corporate club, uh, was also part of the Toastmasters club and also part of the meeting that day. And he made sure to share just a little bit in 30 seconds, uh, uh, impromptu sharing his experience as to one of his weaknesses that probably people would not want to share at the first with the first timers. And he did that. That made me feel that, hey, there are people like me who, have, who doesn't have everything and who are learning in certain aspects. So it's okay if I don't do 100% well, and guess what? I'm not going to be judged. Wonderful. Thank you, Michal. Nadia, you had one thing that you wanted to add? Yes, I really think it's just important to find out why the member is there, tap into what's driving them. Most of the time they're looking for a promotion in their company, they're trying to start a new business and sell themselves, or some for some reason go out into the community and give presentations. And I'll never forget one meeting recently where we had a newer visitor. She came and she enjoyed the meeting and we asked her what was going on in her life and she wanted to start giving speeches in schools. And she had to give one in a few days to a high school class. And she was nervous about it so she just wanted to get tips and see what we do. And we said, well, come on up. Do you have your speech? Give it now. And she gave it in that moment. She wasn't even a member yet. And we gave her feedback and told her what direction we thought would be a better direction to go in and help her fine tune. And being able to show her in real time to her situation, what we actually do and how this translates to your real world and how we are trying to embrace you and really help you grow. That was the selling point for her. And I think that's the selling point for many. What are they trying to do in life and how can we help them get there? Wonderful. What great examples you have being with them, finding more information about them and leading by example. The next question I'd like to pose to the panelists is how do we to maintain quality at a club, not just in the physical sense, not just in a meeting, but let's talk about the speeches and how do we encourage postmasters to meet their objectives in their speech. Going through a speech just to tick it off, as was said earlier, may be their objective, but is that really benefiting them? Carol. Thank you. I apologize. My internet is very unstable, so I lost you for a moment there, or a few. 
Yes, I think that's an extremely important question. And I believe that our members need to be very conversant with what the speech objectives are. And hopefully they have a mentor assigned. I think that's another critical part of that particular task is to have a mentor, to have someone who can work through that project with them and discuss any questions they have, any concerns they might have, and perhaps share some of your own experiences or expectations with that, that topic, but also to encourage them to really prepare. I'm a great believer that we're helping people reach their potential in whatever field or endeavor they're seeking. And we have to really encourage them to follow the program, to do the program, and I guess find that spark. What is it that is so important to them and how can we help them mentor them to realize that and to be the best they can in that situation? I think, yeah, I, I get very frustrated actually when I have a sense that people are just sort of ticking off the list. It's like vacationers, right? Who go to all these places and say, well, we've been there, done that. And if you were to ask them a question about it, they couldn't tell you a thing. <laughs> so it's that kind of idea in Toastmasters too. You know, we want depth of learning. Wonderful. I believe, Marianne, you had an item you want to add to that? Oh, um, well, when I think about that, I believe that, you know, it is a self-paced program. You do it as you wish, but I sometimes believe everyone isn't looking to do things the same way but setting that club culture where you're setting goals and pushing people to achieve them not just putting them on autopilot for the year so it really requires a super engaged vpe and those are not easy to find honestly because i think a lot of people when they get that role they really don't understand what's involved but the best of them are very encouraging and make sure that people are getting their speeches scheduled on time so that they do achieve their goals. So having that culture where you're getting that push from your VPE, I think is a big deal. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, Nihal was next, go ahead Nihal. Sure, I would just say, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with Carol and Marianne. In addition, I would say, we have to make sure that your club members and your club leaders know their why. Why are they here? Why are they giving the speeches? Is it just to check, check the box? Is it just to complete the manual? Is it just because they want to complete the DTM before the traditional program ends? Is it because they want to be a better speaker? Is it what, because they want to practice? So I would just say know your why. Excellent. Nadia? This is a great opportunity, great reason why we should all be embracing Pathways because it does focus you a bit more on your speeches and your projects. When we were in the competent communicator manuals and the advanced manuals, a lot of them were pretty general, give a speech to sell the audience, give a speech to inspire the audience, but there was really no necessary focus or project that you're working towards. So you could come into a meeting week after week and hear speeches about people's cats. No, no slight to anyone's cat, but in, in Pathways, you're a bit more focused where you're either networking, you're doing a job interview, you're 
building your social media presence. So you're doing something in the real world and you're coming back and you're telling us about your journey versus just trying to come up with something off the top of your head because you didn't realize you were a speaker that night and here you are. So I like that Pathways is much more focused and I, I appreciate when people really embrace it, look at the projects ahead of time and prepare ahead of time. Wonderful, we'll finish that off with Abhijit. One thing can improve the quality of the speeches is by giving compassionate feedback. Like one of my Toastmaster members, he gave a speech, but there was no emotion in it. I didn't feel connected to it. I just had a one-on-one. -on -one. I let him know, you know, I was reading this book and it said, if you don't have any emotions, your speech is flat. And I felt the same thing. And he, it helped him realize, and he's giving his next speech on Thursday. So I hope to see the difference. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Another question. Great comments. Another question I have. I would love to find out about we have people who are at a certain, as I see all the lists of designations around you, how do we encourage the people who have had their journey as a DTM? as president, vice president, how do we keep them motivated to keep that quality of the club instead of saying, hey, I've done it, I'm just going to lean back and let everybody else take over. How do we maintain that they can continue that high standard of quality as they've completed their journey without just giving up, Nadia? Well, I guess I've been fortunate to know a lot of DTMs that remain active because we use them. We use them as mentors. We look to them as a guide. And there are positions that are available outside of the club. So whether it's to be a club growth chair where you're training people to be a club coach or be a club mentor, or if you're shadowing the the PRM, giving them tips and ideas and being their right hand person or being the webmaster, finding out what their gifts are and using them in other ways throughout the district to keep them engaged usually does serve a great purpose. And even in the club atmosphere, they should be giving strong evaluations because they've been there and now they're giving back and encouraging people on that same journey. They should be serving as club officers or be willing to go to the executive board meetings and put in some input if people have a question or an issue that arises. So it's not just sit back and watch all you guys try to accomplish it. They are a wealth of knowledge and they should be freely giving it. Excellent. Thank you, Abjit. I totally agree with Nadia. I'll add more thing, one more thing to that. My mentor has double DTM and I really enjoy his mentality. His mentality is I'm at your service. And that makes a big difference. It inspires me. The way I approach other people, it changes. Like I'm at service for them. And that then everything is coming from my heart and it's completely entirely coming from my heart and that makes a big difference I think. Wonderful. We're now going to switch and take some questions from the floor. I have a question that coming up that as VP of Education they have worked hard 
getting themes, keynote speecher, speeches, educational. And all of a sudden, when they go to the meeting, it's not well received. What can they do to help other people realize that what they're doing is bringing more quality to the club? Carol. Well, we have an excellent example in our club of an excellent VP of education who happens to be our moderator this evening. <laughs> Someone who has taken it upon herself to really understand what her role is all about and to work extremely hard. As you may recall, one of the important traits I mentioned was you have to work hard. I just feel that when you put the time and the effort into something you really believe in and have that particular goal that trait about yourself, that excellence is so important. You make things happen. And Carol, I feel like I'm off track with your question, quite frankly. I'm going to ask another panelist if you don't help bail me out. I think I carried on the wrong path. Nadia? Well, when you talk about the things that the VP does, and I truly believe it is the most important role of the club it's all in how you sell it and it's all in what you bring to the club speechathons are for the member not for the vpe so if you're offering opportunities for more people to get their speeches in it's hard to see how that does not benefit the member hopefully people join in on that and sign up for those roles and when you're giving or when you're signing up people to speak for a keynote presentation at your club just make sure that their topics are something that can translate to the real world. How to get pay paid for speaking, how to give your best online presentation, which is what we're all doing these days. Make sure that the topics are something that people can take away and not only use it inside of Toastmasters, but outside in their careers. And I think when people see the value of those messages, they don't have a problem signing on for it. Wonderful, thank you, Nadia. Marianne? Uh, another thing is to make sure that you're asking your members what they want uh, because if you're giving them things that aren't relevant to them it might just not be hitting the mark so by checking in with them doing a survey monkey just you know find it finding out I think I think you learn a lot by asking those questions mm -hmm. wonderful now I'm going to in that note that this VP of Ed is having difficulties motivating and working very hard to get everybody motivated. As I see and I look around, I see public relations, I see administration, I see past international. How can they get assistance from higher up? Higher, whether it's division, district, how can they, where can they find the information or who can they turn to to get help? Miha. That is a very, very good question, for especially for the current situation, since the situation in the world is changing, and so is our approach to is changing from uh, actual meeting, in-face face, uh, in -face meeting to virtual meetings. I would say, um, first of all, when you have these new ideas, one of the things that they can do is to make sure that you have these ideas that you want to do it for the club, and that's the betterment of the club. How about they say your ideas as a suggestion to you? 
So it's coming from them. So who got who gets to execute it? Them. Because who suggested it? Them. I didn't suggest you. Look, you suggested the idea, now help me execute that. So in a way, you are making them responsible to help get together and work with you because it was their idea at the first place and they have to help you and bring you along into their idea. And that can happen in a couple of ways. One is like Marianne said, you can have a survey monkey and try to find out what, what the audience or the members want. And in addition to your question, Carol, we can definitely have uh, some of the ideas that VPs already have. They can just hype it up by having the club board director or program quality director or the area director or division director visit the club, have a special meeting, and they announcing that our VPE and the team together has this is what they're offering or this is what they have for you. So once it's coming from the higher resource or the big title, Sometimes it's well appreciated than just somebody from within the club who you see every week uh, getting into you. Excellent. And I see two public relations managers.